Hey everyone, this is Andy Polk. And this is Ben Shaw. And this is Bathwater and the Baby Jesus. Uh, today we're going to talk about Christian nationalism, the idea of civil religion and America being part of God's plan and what Jesus has to say about that. So today, we thought we would uh, follow up uh, last week's conversation about uh, violence and and guns uh, and make it uh, less problematic or less divisive, and we would talk about Christian nationalism. Yeah. Uh, this is, is something that, uh, because of our conversation last week, uh, we touched on and felt that it was something that, that we really need to talk about. Uh, again, the, the point of... Uh, Bathwater and the baby Jesus is how do we keep hold of those things that uh, we consider good in our lives, right? The faith of Jesus and the way that works uh, and leave out all the others. Uh, I have heard this in the past uh, five to 10 years uh, from especially people around 14 to 34 as one of the key reasons that they absolutely cannot stand church anymore. Mm. Uh, Christian nationalism. Uh, so, so, so let's start there. What has been your experience with Christian nationalism? Yours is a little, a little different than mine, but they're they're similar in those ways, I think. Yeah. So, you know, I guess growing up, we I, I grew up in a military town, and so we didn't. If we did it, it wasn't overt enough for it to have made any formative memories for yeah. me what i remember is um supporting like the local troops as in like the people that lived in town that were part of the military and and uh you know like i remember anytime there was major conflict internationally there was always like a heightened um anxiety around yeah. town just yeah. because of the proximity to the military base and uh you know where i went to high school is where all of the officers kids went like yeah. there was a there was a can uh, a school on on the boat on the post mm-hmm. uh or the base and so there was that school but then like all the officers they didn't live on uh, yeah, yeah, the they base they lived off uh-huh. and so they were a lot of them were zoned for my school and so uh, for instance, like 9-11, when that happened, yeah. I was a, a senior in high school. And, I mean, it was – there was a lot. Like, they locked our school down. They, I think yeah. they locked down all the schools in town. Probably, yeah. Um, but there was just even more anxiety because of, uh, you know, as reports started coming in that there were attacks or planes going down in other areas of the country, like at the Pentagon, and then the one that was headed for – the one that went down in the field, that, I, yeah, that yeah. one was headed for somewhere else. I don't remember. Yeah, but. it was still it was headed for Washington, I think, yeah. through the, the Capitol. Um, but that so so that's what I remember growing up. So this idea of Christian nationalism is is, is not it's a new thing for me. Yeah. Like it's not something that I feel like it, I grew up. Uh, obviously, the term Christian nationalism has has been, uh, I guess brought to the forefront yeah, over the last yeah. several I mean, years. It, it's relatively recent. It's been used before, but the idea that we have now is relatively yeah, recent. Yeah, but I think the foundation has been being laid for a, long for a very long time. Um, but at the church that I grew up in and the community that I grew up in, it wasn't a Christian nation yeah. you know, kind of doctrine being put out there. It was more of a just support your community. That's type, right. Type I, yeah, I, I really find that fascinating because the – 
the fact that it's still tied to living human beings seems to be the things that change it, right? I yeah. mean, I, I, this is my experience with generally military families as a whole. People are just die hard, and you don't you don't question America and go send in the troops, and we need to bomb them all the time. Are generally people not associated with the human beings who would be going there, <laughs> right. risking their lives and doing it, right? There is yeah. undoubtedly patriotism uh, when when you live in a military community, right, surrounded by a base. When your yeah. family is there, it's almost that video game mentality of like I'm just controlling these, you know people that yeah then yeah. go not that, real that human I had, beings yeah, but go over real. send them yeah. off and we're send them over there freedom. it's all good and fine this. and yeah don't question it yeah as opposed to the people who are yeah paying the price yeah. who do do often question and you right. know even in their patriotism it's grounded yeah sure. yeah that may be the the functional well not the problem but one of the functional problems with christian nationalism mm-hmm. is that it tends to be an amorphous blind faith and i i do think it's very similar to a faith that yeah. is is not necessarily connected to the christian faith um other than than claiming on the outside uh but but it is it is not grounded in the messiness of the world of real human beings of what conflict means of what yeah. power means from the bottom up any of that anytime you can glorification in, yeah anytime you inject humanity into any situation yeah. it it automatically becomes much more complicated yeah and so the easiest thing that's to do don't is, love doing it. is uh-huh. just remove the humanity from the situation that's right. yeah and that's in all cult- cultures peoples yep. any group of the others you know that are different from from what you yeah. are yeah, the I mean this this is a theme that we've we've talked about so far and probably continue, right? That yeah. seems to be one of those uh really difficult Jesus aspects of you can have ideas, you should have beliefs, you should seek God, you should move in the world. Also, humans are always humans made in the image of God. Yeah. Love just like you. Like that messes up a lot of ways that I like to be right. Sure. And like to, you know, be be good and self-righteous and know better than other people. Yeah. Yeah, when other people are living human beings, well, then that's that's harder. It's sure, sure. Yeah. Well, what about you? What What was your experience uh, growing up? Did you grow up in a culture like? Yeah, it, it was. Um, I, I did actually. Where, where I was born, Columbus, there's an Air Force base right around, so there's some similar aspects with that. But we moved uh, when I was I was younger um, to an, another town in Mississippi when I was I don't know five or six. Uh, and then to Southeast Nashville when I was eight or nine, maybe I think eight. Um, so then it became something different right outside of those military communities. Uh, it was always just kind of baked into the water. Like mm-hmm. it was just that metaphor doesn't make any sense baked into the water. I, I don't even know what that was trying it's, to combine. But anyway, it was baked, baked, baked into, the, into the water. Uh, hashtag. There were uh, it, it was the idea the idea of being a Christian was also combined with the idea of being a good American, right? That okay. Those were together. If you loved God, you should love your country. And that was the foundation of the country is founded on quote unquote, Judeo Christian principles. Uh, the founding fathers whom we could never quite identify were uh, good godly men who founded a nation on godly principles. And it's our duty to, 
uh, fight to uphold that in some way. Yeah. And it was all generally amorphous. Yeah, it's like these abstract ideas that floating up yeah. in the ether. Yeah. That... But but abstract ideas that you cannot question. Like right. to go against would be incredible. Like to be a bad American is equivalent to being a bad Christian is the way that I grew up. And yeah. certainly that was socialism and communism and you you know, you you don't like the commies and, and they're out to destroy our freedoms. Yeah. Uh, and then of course that gets moved to terrorism or terror, right? After nine sure. eleven. Um, but it was actually 9-11 when it first became stark for me. I, I mm. was in uh, college, I think I was a sophomore, junior. I started my junior year. Um, and that was that was a weird time in that my faith was emerging as a, um, a messy, difficult thing. Stronger, right? But I was thinking through things, figuring yeah. out and studying studying scripture studying theology uh and then 9-11 happens and the the reactions of people including some of the people i grew up with in those churches um but the the don't mess with the u.s and we're gonna go kick some ass in the name mm-hmm. of like the, the absolute to- we call it the toby keith yes effect. that's right yeah. uh the the amalgamate yeah for you remember freedom fries oh yeah leaders of our country stood in the steps of the Capitol and said we won't call them french fries anymore that's right. The French are because, not supporting France our invasion is, yeah. of Iraq, and so they're freedom fries. Yeah. People, yeah, yeah. people do people things. I, I found um, the freedom fries thing. I found dumb, but the rest I found really disturbing. The uh, the ways that supporting America blindly in large measure yeah. equaled faith in God. Mm. That was the first time that. It's like these this doesn't fit. Like that seems to be the thing that we're explicitly told not to do. Right. And then looking into the ways of finally thinking about the ways that America was compared to ancient Israel and we're the new Israel and we're God's chosen country. Mm-hmm. Um then I started thinking about those things, which were always always in the background. Sure. Well, it was kind of the quiet parts yes. that became loud. Yeah. Very yeah. loud. And it and it was it took that moment of national upheaval to kind of, you know, open the gateway to, to be able to start bringing those ideas to the forefront and yeah. using them uh, as a tool. And and let's just be honest. I mean, if you look back, which is now over 20 years ago, yeah. which is, you know, makes you feel. Did you old. ever think at that point, like we would look back on the halcyon days of George W. Bush and be like, that's when America, we were okay. Like we had problems, but like America's pretty good. Hey, then. look, you know, we were George, so united and together. Back I remember Bush, when the Obama biggest, days. I remember when the biggest news was when George W. Dodged a shoe, you know, like that was. Oh, they threw a shoe at him. I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. yeah, that was actually. Now, that might have actually been post 9 11. No, it was post 9 11 because it was after the invasion. Yeah. Those are the things I remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I. I was still young enough. Well, you know, not young enough, but unplugged enough uh, yeah. from the. You know, I was trying to make it in the music industry mm-hmm. at the time. I wasn't focused on yeah. national politics or any any. You know, I, and I I was coming out of uh, a, a an evangelical um, subculture, yeah. kind of shifting into a different evangelical. That's right. Sub, yeah, you know, sure. I went from one established denomination to a non-denomination, and and so. But it was basically the same thing, but yeah. with uh, a different know, twist, right? A different, it's different twist. ways, yeah. And so, you know, I I don't really remember at that time mm-hmm. noticing any of it, and and I think it was just part of 
my maturity level at the time and mm -hmm. where I was, you know, just trying to live my own life and yeah, not, what not you were really paying focused. attention yeah, to. Well, yeah, I was paying attention to it. There, sure. Looking back, uh -huh. I, I, I now see that that was kind of the seed that really started how we ended up in, I don't know, uh, 2016. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that was, that year was the beginning of a major shift for me in my understanding and my recognition of politics and our country and how they align with uh, religion and yeah. how they uh, shouldn't be uh, paired together in, yeah. in these unhealthy ways. Um, so I think that's, you know, I'm able to look back now and, and see some things mm -hmm. that started then. But for instance, you were at a different place you know, yeah. you were a, a junior, you said you were a junior, junior in college. college. Yeah, yeah. And you had come up in a place that had kind of glorified mm -hmm. this idea of national being a Christian and and, and being a, a, a citizen of the United States. Yeah. And those were one and the same. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. So the, the, the juxtaposition of it became more and more clear of this difference of that. Um, I mean, it is a, a patriotic faith. So this this is an, an issue of um, I don't I don't think you can't be patriotic, right? You can't love America. I I love America. I've studied world history, American sure. history. I think America has done some wonderful, great things. Right. I do not think it is the kingdom of God that right. Jesus was talking about. Um, yeah. I, I think it explicitly is not the a, a movement and divine salvation of God. That it just doesn't make sense to Scripture as a whole. I think the the great difficulty that's come um, lately, right, the past several years, and I think you're right. There's 2016 was a, a big time for this, right? Of a lot of stuff that it does seem was spoken, um, not behind closed doors, but it was the subtext. It was a sure. thing that we had that was moved through, and and all of it became combined together, and the the. The real trouble is when that the, these new forms of Christian nationalism that seem increasingly like white Christian nationalism sure. um, seem to be completely antithetical to the way that the ethic of Jesus, not just that I and you believe, but mm -hmm. what was most troubling for me is people that I grew up who were, were mentors and were friends. Mm -hmm. The things that they were assigning politically and religiously through Christian nationalism were the opposite of what they told me yeah. was good and right in the world. Yeah, you know, I, I, I experienced something similar with just the the people that I grew up counting as a mentor that, that I would see online and, and some of the statements that they made. Yeah. And, I, I didn't see, and this was just in my circle. I didn't see pe a lot of people coming out and saying the quiet parts out loud, or, or latching on to these and vocalizing it. But yeah. I saw the passive aggressive Christian sharing of memes and oh, sure. posts and and things that are like, what in the world are you yeah. talking about? Like this is not. It's not. It's not right. It's not good. It. It's bad theology. It's. It's bad patriotism. Yeah. It, it's all bad. And, yeah. and it's. Uh. You know. I. Th and I want to be. I guess I want to say this. And we didn't say this at the beginning of this conversation. We're certainly not saying that you shouldn't support and love your country. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we live in this country. We're citizens of this country. We pay the same taxes you do, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but what what we're talking about here specifically is this idea of the of the merging of the Christian ethic with the merging of policy as it relates to uh, you know well, any time yeah. any type of public policy. They just don't really go together. And if you look back at the uh, ministry of Jesus, he kind of says that as much, you know. Yeah. It, you know, and yeah. you, can, you can probably give better examples than I can as far as the ex- explicit explicitivity. Well, yeah. sure, sure, we'll roll with that one. Uh-huh. Uh, of 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 the statements uh, against combining this idea, yeah. but um, but but you know. Just looking at this idea of the greatest commandment, right? Love your neighbor, love God. Yeah. That's it. And there's a lot of these um, policies that are being attached to this Christian ideal that uh, don't really love anybody (laughs) except for the people who are padding the pockets of, you know. Yeah, um, or that... I mean, I think one. I, I do think that's true. It's, it's sure. hard to and deny it's that not in all, politics. It's not today. all like that. So, but the, I'm but being there are those right specific <laughs> aspects that, um, at the very least, they seem to have far more to do with preferred power, mm-hmm. wealth, um, control than any aspect of the ethic of Jesus is done right. In that way, they yeah. are okay. quote unquote political. They seem to be political aims, right? Sure. Power aims, as opposed to faith aims, right? So, so let's do this. So, let's define Christian nationalism. Okay. The thing we're talking about um, that there are, as you mentioned, there. This is somewhat of a new kind of second order term. It's been used before throughout history, but when we talk now, we talk about Christian nationalism as. Uh, those who believe that the the quote unquote secular order, right, the government order, the laws that are done should right. be so. One, America is a Christian nation, founded as a Christian nation, has a divine and special place in God's plan for the world, right? That the world will be in some ways redeemed through America, and that because of that, America should look and act like a Christian nation, which is enacting laws that are. Uh, and this is where it can vary with people, somewhat based on the Bible, usually by uh, people who haven't res- read the Bible that much in those ways. Sure. Um, and that is somewhat cynical, but also seems demonstrably true compared right. like when you talk to people. And you, and it's, it's a lot of proof first thing, but no context yeah, and latching on like on. the Ten Commandments. Yeah, that's right. And, but then they completely, uh, you know, leave out Leviticus. Skipping whole sections. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whole books. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We want Old Testament law, but I mean, not that like. Yeah. Uh, I, I like my polyester blue. Yeah, that's right. I like blended fabrics. So <laughs> we're not going to kill people for that. Yeah. Um, But in a way that that also deifies a version of America that I would say even historically doesn't fit, right? So just is your thing to name a spade a spade, mm-hmm. we're talking about America, make America great again. Sure. Um, which is, uh, is not relatively new. This is general kind of American trope. Yes, the and there's always, there's always fallen, been this idea. We've gone away. Yeah. We need to go back to the good times. Yeah. The good old days. That's I right. mean, that's a thing. Yeah. I think making or pointing it to America specifically and not just a general, 
you know, back in my day type, you know, statement. Yeah. I think that's probably been pointed a little bit more with that statement. Yeah. And the, so the, the, that in itself, I don't think is, is, is problematic just as saying that's fine. We do that, right? These were better days at the time. My question would be, okay, if those were better days and we need to get back to them, when were the days better? And what are we getting back to? And who are they better for? That becomes the question, right? Because it seems what we're getting back to is like the 1950s where Mm -hmm. everyone went to a church and synagogue of their choice and and everyone loved America and loved God. But when you bring up, so like Jim Crow, like that's like, well, don't listen, don't bring race. That's not what I'm talking about. But the culture that went to church and loved America and loved God and hated the commies was also... Jim Crow, like, mm-hmm. and saw no disparities; those linked together. Yeah, in fact, used used the Bible to try and justify to justify that entire thing. Yeah, yeah. the entire thing. That's of right. Subjugating an entire yeah. race. And so, right? I I know people. One, the people who would be really upset probably aren't listening to our podcast, and that's fine. Um, but it is people. It doesn't necessarily mean you're racist, right? Sure. I want to make America great. I want to go back to 1950s America, but which is almost always a white person. There are a few black people in America who are like, you know, it was great the 1950s, 50s, right? Um, also, women less. There was yeah. an entire generation of women that had grown up able to vote. First yeah. generation, like the idea that those things are not ethical. What we're talking about is there were less boobs on in movies. Right. Music was cleaner and people went to church. Was it though? Which Have has you listened not to music very from the 60s? little to do. Yeah, the sixties, that's where we went wrong. We're talking about the fifties. Oh, that's true. Okay. We're talking about Elvis's yeah. gospel stuff. Okay. But not not blue suede shoes. Not we're, his uh not his white not, sequin not uh, jumpsuits. Swinging, yeah. yeah. Um Right, but that... I, I think that very idea that that's when we need to that's when America was good. Mm-hmm. It you have it's not just it seems problematic. Mm-hmm. I think I think it is responsibility for people who say that's when America was great to explain how it was great then mm-hmm. with those racial policies in place and how the fact that we have at least moved beyond to some extent those racial policies right is not an eth- a proof that our culture has advanced because ethics are defined by the words you say and like some weird cultural sexuality or something and therefore it's worse today than it was then even though Jim Crow, like I, I just I don't understand the reasoning quite of this amalgamation yeah. in a way that is positive towards the people I love. Yeah, well, you kind of run into the problem of like rose-colored glasses, right? Uh-huh. You 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 look back on those times and you only remember the times that were positive for you or positive for your your parents. You know, I mean. Obviously, I was not born yeah. within 30 years of yeah. the 50s, so I, I don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing. It has to be a progression because if there aren't – I mean, there are yeah. older Americans who somewhat grew up in the 50s. But if you, if you were born in the 50s, you're you're in your early 70s now, yeah. late 60s, early 70s, right? Yeah. The, a lot of it is a project – not like, I remember when I was a kid and it was great then. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be what people are talking about because right. that's not – the extension of that immediately becomes passing these laws. Sure. And when those laws seem to be equally obsessed with not letting immigrants into the country, 
Um, well, we have to do it legally, but also we're going to remove legal ways to come in. We're not like the, we're going to put up seems, so many barriers yeah, that it's in basically right. impossible to legally immigrate. And and these people don't know what they're doing. And we have right. like it seems it seems to have to do far more with uh, demographic changes that mm-hmm. no no longer make me feel like I'm in power mm-hmm. than a better America. America was better when we had power. And I, I used to be able to say whatever I want to say. And now I have to watch what I say, how, how far we have fallen. Right. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. So uh, pointing it back, this is a theology podcast, Mm -hmm. pointing it back to the, the Christian understanding of the fifties. Let's, let's kind of just point at that for just a second. You know, uh, let's just remove uh, as much as you can from this, the politics side of it. And just just go back to the 50s. Where were we as a country when it came to our understanding of the church? Um, did all the denominations get along? <laughs> no. What yeah. was uh, – so it just for those of you listening, I'm asking Andy these questions because you may or may not know – uh, he did write a book about about this subject, and uh, I've read half of it. I got halfway through. I haven't. I mean, that's pretty it. good for historical yeah. monograph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's good, and we'll we'll talk about it at the end. But uh, he definitely knows way way more about this than I do, which is why I'm asking most of the questions today. Um, but so where were we? Where were we in kind of uh, this understanding of the church and its relationship to the government and? Um, well, I mean, so the the difficulty of this is, um, I would argue, in the 1950s, it's really hard, if not impossible, to really disassociate religion and politics together. So you're coming out of the Second World War. Uh, in the 1930s, there were beginnings of um, of of unification within different denominations. Right. Wasn't there a council split. created or something? Um, yeah, well, the Federal Council of Churches, yeah, yeah, this ecumenical movement, which is a term of like a lot of Protestant groups getting together, right. mostly liberal, quote unquote, mainline churches, um, like the the Methodists reintegrated in the 30s, um, the, right, because it was the Presbyterian groups, and then the yeah, because yeah. the uh, North South, yeah, right. it, it was it was specifically almost every Protestant denomination split in the Civil War, yeah. and in the late 1930s started to get back together. Yeah. Uh, it's the reason the Southern Baptist Convention is the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. Um, yeah, the, the Methodist Church, Episcopal Church South, right? Mm-hmm. They split in these lines. So they start to kind of unify in the, the 30s, happens a little more in the 40s, and this is the idea. But once you come out of the Second World War, um, the difficulty is what we think of the 1950s, the holy 50s of, um, you know, of the government, uh, Eisenhower, you know, mm-hmm. talking about God and the foundations of America right. uh, from the the White House and, and the way that America was therefore associated with it. Um, that was in large measure a political project um, that FDR uh, and Truman started, Eisenhower took and, and ran off with. Um, and we don't have to get into all of it, but there was a group called the Ad Council. They were they, they were in essence uh, marketing people, mm-hmm. uh, professional propagandists. Which I'm sure everybody has heard that uh, yeah, addendum of, at the end of a commercial. Or yeah, that's this, right. This uh, was paid for yeah, by paid the, for uh, by they have through yeah the yeah. Ad Council. Yeah, they're still around. You can yeah. if you've seen Mad Men, like mm-hmm. this is what you should think of. Yeah. Right? They were uh, they were worried that they were going to be shut down by the government in World War II. 
Um, and so they offered their expertise to the government at no charge because mm. corporations still paid for it and the government told them what to do. So um, in World War II, loose lips sink ships, Rosie the Riveter, mm-hmm. uh, only you can prevent forest fires, right? Mm-hmm. This type of stuff, Smokey the Bear. Um, these were all ad council. Um, by the time they came out of World War II, they were so good at it. The government liked them. that I, I, I found this in uh, the archives. I can't remember if it was the, probably the Truman Library. Um, where there was a note, just a memo sent around to them inviting the Ad Council uh, to come to the White House for what they called in the document, quote, secret indoctrination talks <laughs> with the president, the vice president, the secretary of war, the secretary of the Navy, the secretary of it. Like, literally, they came to like, hey, yeah. we'll tell you what to do. And one of the things they did was they were trying to create unity and diversity in America. Uh, Americans are very different. So how are we all together? The way they decided was you can't talk about class. Can't talk about race or ethnicity. What you can talk about is religion. So all Americans are Catholics, Protestants, or Jews. And in the end, aren't those the same thing? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know anything about them, they're the same thing. They're Judeo-Christian, which was a term that was not said before the 1930s. Uh, and they took on, and this was the idea. And that was the idea of trying to combine Judaism and Christianity yep. in, yeah. one, in yeah. one phrase. In one thing, yeah. Judeo-Christian yeah. was like the heart. That even though there are differences on the outside, at the heart, it's yeah. all Judeo-Christian. Yeah. You're like, Judeo-Christian, Muslim, Yes, Hindu. that's right. Like, same thing. They're, yeah, yeah, that's right. Big, all, all those things, yeah. Catholics, Protestants, and Jews are basically the same thing together. Yeah. And there's these core values, and so you, you pick and choose as you go through. But that was, that idea was explicitly a political project. Like, I don't like this. This isn't like I'm trying yeah. to destroy people's view of um, the of a religious America. No, it, I, I don't like it. It's disturbing. It should be disturbing that this was a political project. There's sure. uh, the Freedom Train, the, the Religion in American Life campaign. Did you ever grow up hearing the term uh, families that pray together, stay together? Stay together, yeah. yeah. Ad that was council. in the divorce, the big divorce wave in the 80s coming into the 90s. Oh, yes. Because yeah. you all needed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a religion and American life campaign from the Ad Council in the 1950s. Wow. They created that. So that it's was all the way back churches, in the 50s. All the way back in the 50s by political yeah. propagandists. I, I mean, I remember hearing that all the time. Say, it was just up. automatic, right? Yeah. And this is where you go to church, synagogue, your choice. It was a way to bring Americans together against the the enemy, which was the godless communists, yeah. right? And it's the way for the Ab Council, their idea was we get to promote free market capitalism. We get have to move away from the New Deal. That's what they're, the people who were paying them taught yeah. them to do. We don't want to provide and opportunities for people. That's right. It all Can't goes together. They have Job to provide their own this type of stuff. Yes, it was it was mixed in with that. Yeah, yeah, government doesn't help. We go through so conservative business interests mm-hmm. combined with the government's concern of we must, for the first time in our history, have a large standing army. That used to be anathema to American democracy. Like mm-hmm. one of the few things the generations of founding fathers. Well, I mean, that's on. what World War One. They, they came back. They dispersed. raise up an army and immediately yeah. disperse. Every war yeah. until World War Two. That's what we did. Right. And we started doing World War Two. It was II, Eisenhower. And then right, the Korean War that. comes back up. Wasn't he the one? Was Eisenhower the one that was like, "We need to keep this"? Or was Truman did it beforehand? Truman, okay. Yeah, Truman did it beforehand. We have to do it, and Truman had to try to convince people to do it. Um, by the time the Korean War comes around. Uh, the the defense budget was around ten percent. It had yeah. gone down World War Two, and it just stayed that way for for decades. So is that why 
uh, post Korea and post Vietnam, you just don't really see drafts anymore. It was because they decided to have they the could stand- do a volunteer army. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, yes, yeah, so there are drafts World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. Right. A lot of the reason is because of the repercussions from Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah. Um, that that right now a volunteer army is sufficient for our cause, but also because we have significantly more soldiers, even per capita today, than we ever did in American history, even with the size that we have, except for times of intense conflict, right. except for times of war. Um, and the government well, thought we needed to do it. Global war. Global war. I'm trying to say that. Yes, that's true. I, haven't we been in a time of war since like 1991? Yeah, we have a war on terror. Yeah, yeah. we are kicking terror's butt right now. Um, yeah, so all of this, so the government got what they wanted, the business interests got what they wanted, and they did it through religion. Yeah. And so this weird amalgamation of if you love God, you love country, and that means supporting your military completely. Mm-hmm. Unless you're preparing and stockpiling weapons to fight them later on, which always seems weird to me. Uh, and then free market capitalism, right? Those somehow are entwined together. Mm-hmm. That was a political project of the 1950s. Okay. So let's move forward. Let's let's scoot on forward and, and see where we are now. And so this project, I think, succeeded, yes? Yes, wildly succeeded. Yeah. And the- liberals, by the way, were on – of those three presidents I listed – Two were Democrats. One was a Republican, right? Sure. Liberals were were pretty into it until the 60s and 70s. Right. Yeah. Sure. Certainly that changed the idea of uh, our, our view on war. And I think you started to see yeah. more of a split down political yes. parties as the view on social justice, on the view of economics, and on the view of war yes. and, and the, the purpose of, of an army in and all that yeah in that split I mean that that's a that's a helpful note that split is when beforehand so before this time when liberal and conservative Protestants especially but liberal conservative uh, Catholics would be on the same line they when they would fight they would fight over issues of like the inerrancy of the Bible right mm-hmm. was it a real virgin birth right you think of the the scopes monkey trial and the the fundamentalist where we get the term fundamentalist from is a series of pamphlets from 1910 to 1915 they were literally called the fundamentals and it was why there was a real six day creation yeah. a real parting of the sea a real scopes. birth of the virgin yeah scopes monkey trial Dayton Tennessee Dayton Tennessee Tennessee comes at it doing again well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like this what is what you, liberals and conservatives religiously would argue about. By the time you get to the, the 60s and 70s, liberals and conservatives are arguing over the usefulness of the United Nations, mm-hmm. of how large a military should be, over what we now call social justice and yeah. racial justice and racial integration, right? They Even religiously, when you identify people religiously, the issues that divide us, that are different, the way we show we are, are political issues stances on political issues yeah um i think that's the legacy from it and when you get to the religious right moral majority with reagan um that becomes combined in a larger way and then by the time you get to recent years um all of that was so understood as being obviously true i think these other things that were added into it uh, maybe they were always there but the xenophobia, the racism, the misogyny, the we have to go and protect a version of what seems to be white America. Yeah. I'm not sure that was always the case. It was just a way in which you don't talk about race. Well, initially it was divisive. just the point of it was to get everybody on the same page to support the war. 
right? Yes, to yeah. support to support specific policy goals. Yes, right. That's Which right. at the beginning was war, yep. and then it was, it was moving the socioeconomic, yep. the Cold War. Yeah. I mean, a large measure. Yeah, different yeah. type of war. Yep. And so when you when you look at that, and then you fast forward to now and see where we are, it certainly is. Uh, uh, it, it kind of helps, kind of illuminate this how this how we got to this point yeah okay so what do we what do we do with it now like i guess if we're throwing out all the crap in the yeah. water and focusing on jesus as it relates to christian nationalism where do we start one i think we would have to start with the ethic of jesus okay right that if and we keep coming back to this because I don't know why this is a weird thing to uh, like. We it's like we're stating something new. What if we took Jesus seriously? Like, yeah. what if that's the the core of it? Um, that if if the gospel of Jesus is that we're all made equally in the image of God, equally damned, equally loved, equally saved. Right. That is what humanity is according to Jesus. And then we we live on these what we call kingdom ethics, right? Which is explicitly not. I'm establishing this actual literal kingdom here on earth that rules and has the laws and punishes and goes yeah. to war and defends territory. Mm -hmm. right? That's what they wanted him to do. And I think that's where that disconnect comes in. The I word, think it's a I key think part kingdom of, is, yes. a, is a really good dividing line in our understanding of what Jesus' kingdom, which uh, Trip Fuller, and I'm sure he probably got this from somebody else, that he's a theologian. Yeah. That well, everyone's just plagiarizing Jesus, hopefully. Yeah, well, well this was, he, he says kingdom instead of kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. I, I like it. If it's true. I think that that is a better definition. If you're just talking, looking at a word, kingdom versus yeah. kingdom, this idea of it's a, it's a relationship, right? Not a hierarchy, a hierarchical body that is yeah. set up with Jesus at the top and then he passes judgment on everybody. Yeah, That's not... That's not what the definition that we see in the scriptures of the kingdom, yeah. I did scare quotes, which you can't see because this is an audio podcast, of God, uh, it's not that at all. Yeah. Well, I so th that's interesting. I would even take Jesus is on top and Jesus judges everyone. That may be biblical, right? Sure. The thing we insert is there's a bunch of levels below Jesus, yeah, fair, that's and fair Jesus yeah. needs some good help managing things, right? Yeah. So it's not we're all judged equally by Jesus, right? That right. that in sense is maybe all we've got, right? We do the best yeah. we can, and then we trust that God is a good God. That's that's what we have. What we want to do is create. I mean, I see exactly what you're saying, right? We yeah. want to create the levels of this to where there are some who are special and some who aren't. Mm -hmm. There are some who in, some who really understand, right? Yeah. Not only is America the greatest nation and better than the other nations, but there are some Americans, of course, and that schema always, some Americans who are better Americans, who know more, who understand more, right. who somehow are powerful and need to remain powerful, but are simultaneously always persecuted and, and always in trouble. Um that's that's the part that doesn't that doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. So if we're um, and thank you for correcting that, you know, as we said, uh, the theological theological uh, statements that I make, who knows? We, no, but we, they're, they're, it's not necessarily incorrect. That's that's the way we do theology properly, right? Right. What, what we have, what we think, that's true. Also, this way, right? That, that's yeah. just part of what we should do. But I and I think that the point 
that you uh, uh, a or a did Adinded? Adinded? Sure. Adinded. That's fine. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> We're going to leave that in because that's yeah. fun. Um, that you put an addendum on is that these people have decided to place themselves in between us and God. Yeah, I think it's it, – so it becomes – when America becomes a necessity in God's plan, that's when it, it – it seems to be clearly a problem, right? Yeah. So we have this. So if we're going back to what do we do with Jesus? There is the the story seem pretty explicit on this, and that right, Jesus is the Messiah, anointed one. He's mm-hmm. going to bring uh, glory back to Israel, right? If Israel are the chosen people, why have they been persecuted for centuries, right? They don't seem to be chosen, and so there are different answers to this, right? We go, we do the temple cult, right, and we'll be okay. Um, the zealots say, no, you have to fight back and we'll be God's holy warriors. Uh, the Pharisees say, well, we're not following God's law enough. If we just do what God wanted us to do, then God will come and save us. And Jesus comes in the midst of that and says, no, I'm starting something different. Right? That Even in our tradition, the temptations of Jesus pretty clearly make this out. Right? Satan shows Jesus the world and says, right. I can make you ruler of all of it. They'll have to do what you say and they'll be better. That is a temptation by the devil in the Christian tradition. That's why it's difficult for me to hear. Christians must take over power in America. We must keep power because otherwise we can't do good things. That is the part that seems against. And and going back to our discussion before of Constantine. What about Christians that don't live in America? Do they exist? Do they matter? Yeah, I don't know. Do they take over their countries or do they give it over to America? No, we take over our country and then we go take over theirs. And then we take over theirs afterwards for their betterment. For their betterment. Yeah. That's right. They'll be better off. I mean, one of the ideologies ideologies that you see floated around behind Christian nationalism is, well, we don't support war, but... You know, if we if we feel like we need to go help uh, another group, say of Christians in another place that are being persecuted, well, then we'll we'll do that, but we don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, one. I mean, historically, we we haven't done any of that. No, what we no. have done are the times where there are economic or strategic yeah. issues, yeah. and then yeah, then we find they a have way our to do oil. It. That's right. Or they, they have our yeah. Or there's yeah, yeah there's an, a, a worry of security concerns there that we must go in because sure. we protect ourselves, which makes sense. Right. I, it's, well, and that makes sense in a civic situation. Yes, it makes sense sure. in that part. Yes, that's fine. I you know let's we're not getting into pacifism and war and all that. Stuff. That's another conversation, and I still don't honestly know where I stand on all that. Yeah, but. I don't think that Christianity should be. I mean, we saw what happened when Christianity was used as a justification for wars. Called yeah. the uh, what the Inquisitions uh-huh. and the, the Inquisition uh, Crusades. You know, well. yeah. those are just glowing sure. uh, areas in history where we like to just go point and say that's when we got it right. Mm-hmm. You know, no, of course not. That was not right. And but whenever you use uh, Christianity as justification to commit atrocities, all in the name of the greater good. Uh, that's whenever you really, you're really uh, causing problems with the and, and straying from the idea of the ethic of Jesus. Yes, I mean, I I think most people. The difficulty is, I think most people would say clearly, yes, that's true. But then they would deny ever doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes, like with Native Americans, but like don't teach about that now. Like it literally, don't it's illegal in states to teach that aspect as if that's endemic to America. Um, intergenerational chattel slavery, which turns to Jim Crow, right? Mm-hmm. Which then, 
We don't want to so talk about it. We don't, yeah, we don't because America is good at its heart. I think I, America can be good and be a nation state ruled through power. That's just a true thing and has done horrible and atrocious things. Yeah. We can say all of those. Those can be true. But the idea that America is God's country yeah. seems absurd on its face. It can only be God's country in the same way that we need to get back to the 1950s when we had good morals and culture. Right. When white Christian Americans are yeah. God's people. When we limit good mm-hmm. and ethics and culture to such a small thing that was super convenient for us in terms of power and wealth and prestige but also like cleaner culture like it sure th- that it allows yeah, us to this do this idea so of many a moral aspects. definition and, and who right. is well we like the morals in the 50s is and so that's what we want to go back that's right. well who what it what is that where are you yeah. getting that moral from are you getting that from the bible because if if you are then you're leaving out lots of other things and virtually the entire yeah. bible yeah. yeah i mean i think to, to me, the only way this makes sense, we, we talked about music a while ago, right? To me, it's this idea that we somehow have, at least in this schema, we have created isolated morality so much in the same way I talk about like Christian music, right? So sure. this, right? It's Christian, not because of the style of the music, not because of the way it is, not because of the instruments. It's Christian because it's cleaner and it mentions God. Mm-hmm. To where if you go on Sunday morning, right, the the really hard thing for us to do is like when someone cuts us off in traffic, not cuss. That's like what a Christian is. It has nothing to do with poverty. It has nothing to do with oppression. It has nothing to do with power or wealth or prestige. Like those things are political. Those are outside of the realm of Jesus. What we're talking about is clean culture and some form of sexual politics. Hmm quote unquote sexual morality which is sexual politics sure um that's where all that stuff becomes it it doesn't seem to fit right and so what we do with it itself becomes part of that issue right yeah that it's not just i felt like with with this with uh when we talk about violence too again the the point of the podcast there's some great places that have have dug into public policy and the way that these things fit. What we want to do is try to say the quiet stuff out loud, right? Name the it. stuff yeah. that just is, and then and then figure out how we wrestle with it, what we do, what is still there. Yeah. For this one, I think, I think at the very least a redefinition. I, I, a rejection of the idea of Christian nationalism, which is again was always seemingly white Christian nationalism, mm-hmm. that the way that that schema, that type of faith, talks about faith and ethics is not the way that Jesus talked about faith and ethics. So, what does that do for me? If I believe there are other things, if I believe that Jesus mostly talked about money and power and prestige and domination and yeah. where right all of this and the dangers of then yeah. i have to figure out what that is and what that means for mm-hmm. me and part of it is admitting i'm not a poor dispossessed jew right we said this from the beginning yeah. i'm a cisgendered straight white dude who's an american protestant in the south mm-hmm. it's not hard for me to be a christian it's politically and socially and economically advantageous for me to be so yeah. right and so I have to admit that that hat—that's a true thing. 
And so what do I do that as I live it out? What I can't do is just sprinkle some holy water on what gives me power and prestige and order and say, it's God's will. Yeah. But it seems to be I would need to, I don't know, go where the oppressed and the dispossessed are, not to fix and to make it all better, right. but to simply in my life treat people as if they're all made in the image of God, right? The same thing we did with gospel. How do we apply this? Man, I don't know, but it sure be better if we, if it was difficult for us. Yeah. Because just being an American and loving God and, and putting a flag up, it doesn't fit. Well, we do hope that you enjoyed our conversation this week. As always, this is a theology podcast uh, where we have talked about politics the last two weeks a little bit. And uh, as Andy stated before, we can't separate those all the time. But we do not really want to get into debates about uh, politics in our email conversations. That being said, we would love to hear from you. Um, If you have thoughts or feedback about any of the ideas that we did share today, or if you have questions and you're struggling with these these ideas it's certainly something that it's okay to struggle and uh, and we definitely recognize and encourage uh, you to ask questions and go go seek out some stuff we are going to link to Andy's book uh, in the show notes he doesn't want to but it is a good book uh, or at least the half that I have read is and uh, uh, but if you want to reach out uh, send us an email at babyjesuspodcast at gmail.com and we will talk to you next week thanks everyone